are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network. Your team every day you're listening to who? Always wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show. I got part two coming out with Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets. You'll hear the rest of our conversation. We get into a few different things, even ask him about that Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme. Were the Mets in on it? So we'll talk about all that and more. And I'm going to talk about uh, some hot stove rumors to start off the show. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I read to the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at LockedOnDiamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, let's jump right into it and let's first start off with those hot stove rumors. Uh, rumors. What did I say? Rumors? Rumors. And I believe the winter meetings are over. They've come, they, they've come and gone and let's just say it was not a very eventful winter meetings i th- i thought we were waiting all this time in free agency their winter meetings were gonna come we we're gonna see guys like george springer trevor bauer maybe some other of those other top tier free agents a jt real muto even maybe some of the second tier guys you know maybe like a michael brantley just something that we could say leaving the winter meeting just be like wow that was a fun time. This has been, uh, after a slow offseason, it has really picked up, and this has actually turned out to be a pretty good free agency period. But that has not been the case. There were some moves being made. Adam, but <laughs> I was going to say Adam Ian, but uh, before I say Adam Ian, I was going to say it all seems like the moves are made by the Chicago White Sox because they signed a guy in Adam Ian. They traded for another player in Lance Lynn. And There wasn't too many moves going on. We heard a lot of people connected to the Mets. They went out and apparently are signing James McCann, but I don't think anything is official yet. So there hasn't been a lot going on these winter meetings. It was a pretty boring winter meetings, honestly. I thought it was heating up. I thought it was getting better. I thought some big moves were going to be made, but that never happened. But let's still talk about the hot rumors that are going on right now because even though winter meetings are over, free agency hasn't ended, and there's still a ton of free agents out there. I mean, seriously, go look at the free agent uh, market right now, the off-season tracker. Uh, there's like, of the top 100 free agents, I guarantee you 90% of them are still open. Like, literally 90% of them are still on the market. So, this free agency period is not even close to over. There's still so many guys on the market. And right now, there there's grumblings about what a Nolan Arenado 
deal would look like. And right now, it's being reported like it won't take much to get Nolan Arenado. It sounds like the Rockies might do a move like they did in 2015 when they traded Troy Tulowitzki. And that was basically a trade that they did more for the savings than the return. So the Rockies might be moving Arenado, and they might be willing to do it for, you know, three quarters on the dollar, as you hear a lot in sports. They might be willing to take back not a huge return if they believe they're going to save money in the process. And we know this pandemic has screwed over a lot of teams when it comes to financial financial success. And the Rockies might be one of those teams. So if they want to move off Nolan Arenado in that big-time contract, I know the D-backs are not going to be in on it, but I really hope they, they, I really hope they are. Now, the Red Sox seem to be interested in a whole bunch of starters. Now, they're not trying to go after the Trevor Bowers of the world, but they want to get more of those mid-tier starting pitchers, the guys who could be in number two, three, or four in your rotation because they kind of want to build around their two uh, their two frontline starters in Chris Sale and Eduardo Rodriguez, who both didn't play at all during the 2020 season. So they're hoping to get both of them back. And they're going to be interested in guys like Corey Kluber, Jake Ordizzi, and veteran left-hander Rich Hill. And I like Kluber, but he's missed some time with injuries the last two years. He's going to be 35. Jake Ordizzi, he only made four starts in 2020, but was an all-star in 2019. And Rich Hill, he's still affected, uh, effective, not affected. He's still effective. 3.03 year Ray. In eight starts in 2020, but he is 40 years old. So that age is definitely a concern. So the Red Sox are in the market for a pitcher because they have the sixth worst starting rotation in the majors last season. The Nationals are interested in Kyle Schwarber. And, you know, Schwarber is going to be one of the hotter bats on the market. And he's going to be a guy who's probably a little bit cheaper than that top tier of the George Springers and DJ LeMayu, probably a tier just below that. So uh, I'm not surprised at all to see a lot of these good teams interested in Kyle Schwarber. And then I think the biggest news of the last two days was what the Philadelphia Phillies did. And I found this very interesting because we know the Phillies are a team that reportedly lost over $100 million during this pandemic. But they went out there. They just signed a new president of baseball operations and that is Dave Dombrowski and for you guys who don't know who Dave Dombrowski is he is the classic guy who comes in trades everyone in your farm system in hopes of acquiring elite level talent to pursue that world series championship and I respect it I told you guys my philosophy is taking proven talent on the major league level over prospects any day of the week I just think prospects are too wonky. I feel like too many of them, too many of them flame out. And baseball is just too much of a random sport where too many bad things can happen to you. And there's just so many reasons why a player doesn't perform and we won't even realize it when they're in the minor leagues. We won't see their flaws till they get to the major league level. So I'm not a guy who's really in on prospects. I'll rather have that major league talent. And so does Dave Dombrowski because this guy is the king of making blockbuster deals. When he got with the Red Sox in 2016, one of the first things he did, acquired Chris Sale from the White Sox. In 2015, when he was part of the Tigers, he acquired Cespedes from the Mets. He also uh, traded, no, he acquired Cespedes from the Red Sox for Rick Porcello. And then the next year, he traded Cespedes to the Mets. He's acquired David Price from the Rays. He acquired Max Scherzer. 
our team, the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's uh, even done even more than that. He's uh, acquired Ian Kinsler from the Rangers for Prince Fielder. So this guy is a wheeler and dealer. He acquired Miguel Cabrera from the Marlins. This guy is not afraid to go out there and push all his chips to the middle of the table. He's not a bluffer. He's a guy that knows he has a full house in his deck. And he's willing to put all the chips in to go home with the gold. And I respect Dave Dombrowski for it. But does it make sense with the Phillies? A team that's reportedly trying to save money? I guess not. I guess they are all in on winning the World Series. Maybe not in 2021. But in the course of the next couple of seasons. And you can't really hate with the results that Dombrowski has. He wasn't really the GM in uh, 97 when the Marlins won the World Series. But he was a part of the front office, and he did help a lot. And then he went to the Tigers, got them to back-to-back World Series, but of course, they didn't win. Then he went to the Red Sox and brought them a chip. So you can't hate a guy that's been to four World Series with two rings, and it seems like most of the moves he does end up ending in rings and championships and glory and exactly what your team wants. So for the Phillies, if your ultimate goal is winning the World Series, then I like this move, and I'm a big Dombrowski fan. If he ever came over to the Red Sox, not the Red Sox, if he ever came over to the Diamondbacks, I would not oppose it. Now, the Diamondbacks are definitely a team that doesn't want to spend big money, but they, if they ever change their philosophy, Dave Dombrowski should be one of the first phone calls they make. Now, you'll hear the rest of the conversation between Ryan and I, Locked On Mets host, but first... I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I love Built Bars is because they trick me. I'm a health-conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can, and Built Bar makes me think I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. If you use promo code LOCKEDON, you could get 20% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, not for 20% off, actually 25% off your first order. So that's promo code locked on for 25% off your order at builtbar.com. Let's get back to that conversation between Ryan and I. Now, Ryan, you did mention this earlier when you first hopped on. You mentioned Birdie Madoff, and I want to know, Ryan, do you think the Wilpon family knew about the Birdie Madoff Ponzi scheme? <laughs> I've never been asked that one. That's a good question. Um, I was looking you know, into the history of it. I Apparently, like, they grew up together. Their families knew each other from uh, growing up. Their kids were friends. So, apparently, they had a pretty close connection between those two. You know, I, I would actually say, you know, if he was in on it, I, I mean, he really got the raw end of the deal on the back end of it because that just completely just torpedoed that family financially. So, I would actually lean towards them not really knowing everything that's going on or maybe not realizing 
that they were getting scammed out of money too. I don't really know. It's it was it's definitely one of those those mysteries. But when when you see how how dire their financial issues were, that they I mean they needed to sell this team. There was no way they could have gone into next year owning the Mets. So that that makes me think that maybe they didn't know. Yeah, I mean, Birdie Madoff did make out with apparently around $65 billion, the largest Ponzi scheme in history. It's actually so fascinating that a team like the Mets were caught up in such a big scheme. But a Mets fan, you, you got new ownership. What is your feeling for this team? What direction do you think this team is going in? And if you're a young Mets fan, how do you feel about this team right now? Are you... If you're a young kid growing up in New York, are you leaning toward more of the Yankees still just because of that pedigree? Or are you going to lean toward the Mets right now? They got a new ownership, and the Yankees only have that one World Series title since 09. So it's not like in the last 20 years they have a whole lot more of success than the New York Mets, honestly. Yeah, I think if you're a kid growing up in New York right now and you don't have a parent pushing you one way or the other, I think the Mets are going to really be the more entertaining team. I don't necessarily – I mean, the Yankees are always going to be that model franchise, but I don't know how fun it is to watch those guys. I can't really think right now of a personality on the Yankees that really jumps out to me, whereas the Mets, I think if you really pay attention to this team, there's a lot of fun guys to root for. I mean, Pete Alonso has a big personality. J.D. Davis, uh, you know, Dominic Smith, a lot of these guys. So – I think the Mets are a really exciting team. And I also think you have your owner right now, Steve Cohen, who is going back and forth with fans on Twitter. And it's kind of a genius marketing strategy. So I think I think the Mets are going to be a really hot team for the next couple of years where they're going to be the talk of baseball in a lot of different ways. And the biggest thing for them is to really capitalize on this time and win games to, to really back all that up. All right, it's still early, but let's say the Mets leave this offseason with George Springer, James McCann, and maybe one other guy. They don't get Trevor Bauer, but they get one of those other pitchers you talked about. What are your predictions for this Mets team next season? It's interesting because even if the Mets do all of that, the Atlanta Braves are still a a team that is pretty loaded. They've been making their moves. They added Charlie Morton. They've, They've done some nice things. So I think the Mets are in that position where you know, nothing's going to be handed to them. I think they're one of those teams that can compete in the NL East, but I would still probably, it would be close, but I think you would have to give the Braves the nod at the start of the season. And I think it would probably be a division where those two teams would stand out, but the nationals have a lot of talent and there's some good teams in the national league. So I think they'd be fighting for a playoff spot, but they'll be in much better shape than they were this past year or even the past couple of years before that too. Yeah, we saw the Philadelphia Phillies just sign David Dabrowski today. Usually wherever he goes, World Series follows. So does that acquisition scare you? It's actually really surprising to me because everything out of Philly before this was the owner talking about, you know, cutting payroll and everything else. And Dabrowski is kind of a guy who's built a reputation now of inheriting a team with a really good farm system like he did with the Red Sox. and trading prospects, bringing in high salary players and winning that world series and then kind of leaving that franchise in shambles. So I don't know. He doesn't, unless he wants to revert to the way he was years ago and really build up that farm system. It was a surprising move, but I will say that they would have been hard pressed to get a more experienced executive to come in there. So 
I don't know if it necessarily changes anything unless the owner has had a change of heart and he's ready to bring back JT Real Muto and spend again. But I, I think they're in better shape than they were before the hire. And if he was your kind of GM, how do you feel about that philosophy? Do you agree with your GM just going all in on championships more often than not, trading top prospects in your farm system for established players? Because my overall philosophy, I kind of align with Dave Dabrowski there. I'm not a guy who really necessarily tries to get caught up in these top prospects because there's just so many instances where these guys flame out they don't make it to the major league level or they just don't succeed so I'll rather trade some guys in my farm system for a guy like Chris Sale or another kind of established veteran so if Dave Dombrowski was your GM would you agree with his overall philosophy if he was running the Mets I mean I think it, it really comes down to if you're successful you know if you win a World Series you don't have to apologize for anything. I mean, that's all that matters if you win that one championship. But I think that what we're seeing right now is the teams that are having the success are the ones that can do both. And what the Dodgers are doing right now, it's kind of the model for everyone to follow in baseball if you have their resources where they've built out the farm system, they can go get any player they want. I mean, it, as someone who's covering the Mets now, like that is what the Mets should be striving for, to follow the Dodgers model where – you can be perennial contenders and it's not just a, a two or three year window where it all comes together. You can win one world series. Yeah. And final question, speaking of the Dodgers in that world series, we saw the Rays on the other side, take analytics, maybe a little bit too far by pulling Blake Snell in their game. So where do you stand on analytics right now in baseball? Do you think they have too much control over the game and we're not putting enough feel and eye test on it? Or do you think we're, in the perfect spot right now for analytics and baseball. You know, I remember in 2015, the analytics would have definitely told the Mets not to put Matt Harvey back on the mound to pitch that ninth inning where they lost to the Royals. Now, granted, as a fan on the couch watching that game, I would have been like anyone in the stadium that was screaming for Harvey to come back out. So it's one of those things where, you can play that, you know, Monday morning quarterback looking back on it and saying they should have done this or that. I think the bottom line with the analytics is the Rays have, I mean, no payroll and they have found themselves in a place where every year they're winning 90 games. And this year they went to the world series. So I don't think that you can second guess the analytics that got you there, but maybe in the moment you have to read the situation. And for that specific instance with Blake Snell, there was no indication that he was going to falter in that game. I would have left him out there, but it's tough to judge a team that lives and dies by it. And unfortunately that's what happened this year. <laughs> it's Ryan Finkelstein of the lots on Mets. Ryan, thank you for hopping on today. And before you go shout out your social media handle. So everyone knows where to follow you. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein, Ryan, you can follow locked on Mets wherever you get locked on diamondbacks. Ryan, thanks for hopping on. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, man. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcasting. To everyone tuned in today, remember it's Friday, so go back and listen to any pods you might have missed this weekend, or this week, I should say, for the weekend. And follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at Locked on Diamondbacks for the podcast handle on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!